In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. June is a great month, a wonderful month, which we can give much glory to God. The church guides us along these weeks with wonderful feasts. Last week we had Pentecost, coming of the Holy Spirit. Tomorrow, the Feast of the Blessed Trinity, the pinnacle of our faith, the greatest truth of our faith. God is three, three persons in one God. Following that, we have Corpus Christi. Great feast in honor of the precious body and blood of Jesus and then the sacred heart of Jesus. He shows his love for us and his sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary. The feast of St. Josemaria on June 26th. So many reasons to celebrate this great month of June. And within this context, I think it's good for us to consider sacrifice. Considering uh, the Corpus Christi and the Sacred Heart of Jesus, it's sacrifice. To follow Christ, we have to be willing to pick up the cross. Jesus said so in his preaching. If you wish to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and pick up the cross and follow me. And he uses that imagery that we have to be like the grain of wheat that falls into the ground and, and dies to itself. And the early Christians, and every saint since then, has lived that out in their personal life. And we too are called to live out this, this spirit of sacrifice. We need to live this union with Christ and mortification and suffering and offering ourselves to God. In the Acts of the Apostles, St. Paul is quoted speaking to the, uh, to the Christians uh, going to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. It is through many hardships that we must enter the kingdom of God. Jesus, we want to be with you forever and ever in heaven. We do want to enter the kingdom of God. That's, just, that's not some I don't know, mythological imagery that St. Paul is offering, that our Lord offers when he speaks of the kingdom of God. It's real. Jesus, you are the kingdom of God. The kingdom, when he says the kingdom of God is among us, the kingdom of God is among you, he's speaking about himself already. And we want to live with you, Jesus, forever and ever. And St. Paul points out that it is through many hardships, many tribulations, that we must enter the kingdom of God. Am I willing to be mortified, to live a life of self-sacrifice in order to enter the kingdom of God? And this with great joy. St. Josemaria said it's a bit of a paradox, but the cross is the true source of joy. And that can only be understood in, in the Christian message, the message of faith. 
as St. Paul would say, the cross for the Jews was scandal, for the pagans it was foolishness, but for believers it's the power and the wisdom of God. Am I willing to embrace the cross? In whichever form it may come to me. In the case of St. Paul, in this case, it was uh, through this. It, these words of St. Paul are they come right after this account in the Acts of the Apostles. The Jews came there from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the people, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. In one sentence here, St. Luke, the author of the Acts of the Apostles, sums up a pretty, pretty terrible situation for Paul. At the human level, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. They, they, were, they meant business. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. Paul just gets up and stays at the task. He's called to proclaim the good news. He has a mission. He's willing to sacrifice himself for the mission. Even after having stoned and left for dead, he, he gets up and goes into the city. And the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. You know, Barnabas was with him. Today's Saint, it's the feast day of St. Barnabas. That's why we have the, the red tabernacle veil here on this uh, altar here in this oratory in Manhattan. Red symbolizing the blood that the martyrs spilled for the mission, for Christ, for the proclamation of the kingdom. Sacrifice, it's got to be there. Paul and Barnabas went on to Derby. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples through the cross, through our sacrifices, we can help people. It's God who does all things. We can help people come to believe. We're called to be evangelized, to be apostles. Jesus said that to the apostles there before he ascended to heaven. Go, teach what I've said. You know, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. He doesn't tell them to, you know, to, to sort of sit around or circle up the wagons and keep these words that I've told you. you okay, you guys are safe. Stay in your safe place with your faith and and get to heaven that way after another 30 or 40 years of life. No, go out. And they went out. And they suffered. All those apostles. They suffered, martyrdom. St. John, of course, dying in exile, the island of Patmos. Yes, it, it is through many tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God through many hardships. And, and our Lord invites us, and he does not force us. Just This is in the Acts of the Apostles, of course, in Jesus' preaching in his time, he, um, he invited people to follow him, and some did. Thankfully, many, as the time went by, but others uh, refused to. Of course, you know the case of the rich young man. 
he goes seeking advice from the Lord. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's the, the kingdom of God. That's, we all want that. We want eternal life. We, we're all going to die. At some point we're all going to die. Life is fleeting. We're not here forever. You know? Sometimes we might live as if there's no, you know, no end to this, you know, this life on earth, but it's good to consider at some point I will pass on from this world. And, and I want eternal life. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus has this conversation with him, basically follow the Ten Commandments. Teacher, I, all these things I have observed from my youth. And Jesus, looking upon him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. There's a lot packed into that, that, that invitation of our Lord. Including the treasure in heaven, including inheriting eternal life. But go, sell what you have. Be willing to give up your, your personal life or your idea of what your life should be. You have to give, we have to give that up to be fully immersed in God. We have to be free. And it, it, that's, a, that's a, a very strong, that's a tough demand. The Lord asks us for our whole heart. That's a tough demand. Let's try to be generous. Each one of us, personally, with freedom, responding to Christ as, as we hear him call us, in our prayer, in our spiritual direction, in the example of the saints. Let's be generous. Yes, our Lord might ask us to sell all that we have. Follow me, which is daunting, but let's not forget this phrase that St. Mark mentions here before Jesus speaks to him. And Jesus, looking upon him, loved him. Can you imagine that? The look of Jesus, the look of love of God upon, upon you personally. Again, Jesus doesn't just treat everyone, he doesn't treat humanity. No, he treats each one of us individually. And we see that time and time again in the gospel. Nicodemus, Nicodemus comes to him at night, he has that personal conversation with Nicodemus. That woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, she's not just one of, sort of a blob of humanity, no, she's this woman who has a specific situation in her life, our Lord loves her. And her life is not all that pretty according to the standards that the people around her would, would judge her by. She's had five husbands. The man she's with at the moment is not her husband. And that's a problem. It's, it's not uh, to be taken lightly. We don't need to candy coat it. She doesn't like that. She's clearly, um, I don't know, almost she she's, um, feels a bit lost, embarrassed. She doesn't, that's not the information she brings out freely. Our Lord, who is God, can see her heart. And our Lord loves her. Our Lord wants to help her. 
And he's the one who points it out. You've had five husbands. The one you're with now is not your husband. And that's when she, that's when she, has, that's when she has hope. When the Lord gets, gets to her heart, her, her real life. The exterior, she goes to the well, she gets water, she's one of the villagers. But inside, she's hurting. And that needs to be, she needs Christ. We need Christ. We're all hurting. In some way, we're all hurting. We need Christ. And Christ comes to us personally. And Lord, here I am. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for looking upon me with love, just like he did that rich young man, like he did Nicodemus, like he did the woman at the well, like he did Mary Magdalene, Bartimaeus, the blind man who needed someone to care for him. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And Jesus has pity on him. Jesus deals with him personally. And Zacchaeus, coming down from the tree. Today, salvation is coming to your home. Jesus is salvation. He's coming to his home. And of course, the woman caught in adultery, she must have felt terribly alone and sinful. Hopeless. They're about to stone her to death. And there's Jesus. Jesus deals with her personally. Does no one condemn you? No, my Lord. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. There's always hope. With Jesus, there's hope. The sacred heart of Jesus is always there open for us. And even at the moment of impending death, that good thief, Dismas, is saved by Jesus. He's got his sins. He admits it. We deserve this, he says to the other thief. Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Well, these friends, we'll say, saved by Jesus, were willing to, they were willing to sacrifice. And how's that? How are they making a sacrifice? These people who encounter Christ and who receive the kingdom, who have a conversion. Well, what's, what does sacrifice mean? What is the etymology of the word sacrifice? It's basically uh, to make holy. It's, you know, from the Latin, facere, uh, to make, and, and uh, sacra, holy. Sacrifice, We're making something holy. And we offer it to God. In the case of a Christian sacrifice, a religious sacrifice, the offering of something, especially of a life, to a deity as an act of appropriation, homage, worship. And we see in the Old Testament, of course, you have this, these sacrifices, you know, the bulls, the goats, the spreading of the blood on the altar, on the people. This is... Well... Along comes Jesus, the fullness of time, and he is the perfect sacrifice. He is the one who makes holy the, 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 the bread and the blood. The bread and the wine becomes his body and blood. 
And we celebrate that. In the Mass, we celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice of our salvation. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, we have this list of, this wonderful list of various names of the sacrament of the Eucharist, including the Eucharist itself as one of the names, one of the titles. The breaking of bread, the Eucharistic assembly, the memorial of the Lord's Passion, the Holy and Divine Liturgy, Holy Communion, Holy Mass, and the Holy Sacrifice. When we celebrate Mass or attend Mass, we are at the Holy Sacrifice because it makes present the one sacrifice of Christ, the Savior, and includes the Church's offering. The terms Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, Sacrifice of Praise, Spiritual Sacrifice, Pure and holy sacrifice are also used, since it completes and surpasses all the sacrifices of the old covenant. Indeed, Jesus, you are the perfect sacrifice. You you make holy, you make holy this world. You make holy your life. You are holy. You are God, and we are invited by Christ, like the rich young man, or, or for that matter, like Nicodemus. Or, the Samaritan woman, come with me, follow me, be holy, sacrifice yourself for the kingdom. And again, we have to ask, am I trying to live a life of sacrifice or am I too wrapped up in myself? In my, you know, my pleasures, my time, my preferences, my ideas... The life of a Christian involves sacrifice, must involve sacrifice. It is necessary to undergo many hardships in order to enter the kingdom. And this again, with great joy. It's, it's, being a Christian is not being um, this sort of you know, a, a Debbie Downer type. You know, it's okay, I'll, I'll, I've got to suffer. Can't have any fun. Um, you know, just always have to be yes, downtrodden and, and giving up everything. Well, no, there's a great joy in trying to make holy our lives, make sacred our lives for the Lord. In his book, The Lord, Romano Guardini, uh, touches upon this, this theme um, very directly. What is sacrifice? It's a man's offering of something which belongs to him, something precious and without flaw. This he gives away, gives to God to keep. The, the, the saints did this with their, with their own lives, whether it be in, in apostolic celibacy, in, in religious life, in the priesthood, in married life, sacrifice. Man's offering of something which belongs to him namely our life, something precious and without flaw. Well, we certainly have plenty of flaws, but I suppose as sons of God made in the image and likeness of God, we're flawless in that regard. And this he gives away. He gives it to God to keep. Am I giving anything to God? And giving him, I don't know, let's say uh, maybe 15 minutes in the morning to pray? Am I giving that to God? 
Am I giving uh, some time uh, to pray the rosary? Maybe a few minutes at night before we go to bed to, to examine my conscience? Am I giving that to God? And the little, little sacrifices so pleasing to our Lord throughout the day, just little things of self-denial. Getting out of bed on time, am I giving that to God? That's a wonderful sacrifice, something to make holy for the Lord. Getting out of bed. And then getting to work on time, getting to a meeting on time is a sacrifice. We'll have to think ahead, we'll have to you know, be on the go a bit and for, for love, for, for our Lord. That's why we try to sacrifice ourselves, is for love. It's, it's not, as St. Josemaria would say, a Christian is not a neurotic collector of good behavior reports. You know, that is, that's not Christianity. Christianity is, is adventure and, and, and uh, courage and getting out there and suffering and tripping up and sinning and getting back up and, and beginning again. That's, that's the, the adventure of Christianity. And that's how we can try to give something precious to God. And in that way to imitate Jesus Christ. And to express the completeness of God's ownership and the cancellation of man's, the gift is destroyed. The beverage which man himself could have drunk is poured on the ground. The first fruits of his harvest are burned. The animal is slain consumed by fire, and thus transported to its creator. It's this total gift. Yeah, I think this is a nice way to describe it. Um, you know, the beverage which man himself could have drunk is poured out on the ground. You might think wasted. Well, no, it's given to God. And so our lives, there's many things we could have done. Yeah, let's just assume we're trying to follow God. Okay? Well, here we are. We're here in this taking time on a Saturday night in wonderful New York City. There's all kinds of wonderful options out there to partake in. And here we are in a quiet little you know, chapel praying. Okay, that's a little bit of pouring out you know, what could have been drunk. Perhaps even literally, I don't know. But you know, it's, it's being here to talk to God, to let God talk to us. And there's a bit of sacrifice in that. Now, let's not pat ourselves on the backs either. I mean, we're, we want to pray. It's the Lord who does everything for us. But this, this self-denial, this, um, these good, noble things that we forego in order to, to follow Christ completely, that's a, that's a nice imagery here. I don't know. We just, you know we won't, those of you who are called to marriage, either now or in the future, Let's talk about sacrifice. You have to, you, you're just going to have to deny yourself completely to you know, help your wife, to help your kids. I remember reading articles, a series of articles, probably three or four weeks after 9-11 here in New York. It was 20, a little over 20 years ago now. And the article was about family members of those who had been killed in the attack and memories of their loved ones. And it was just little things. 
the sacrifices that these mothers and these fathers would make, they, they really came to light since they'd, been, since they'd passed away. And they, they, they really missed that, you know, it's, it's just, just those little things, those little things of sacrifice. You know, the, the, the father who just couldn't play, he loved golf, but he just couldn't play golf much anymore because he'd you know, take care of his wife and his kids. You know, the, 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 the wife, the widow, who found little notes still months later, as <laughs> the time went by, weeks later, little notes in her pockets and her purse, hidden here, that her husband would write and leave hidden that she would discover a couple months later. You know, I love you. These little, little things to, to, to you know, give of himself in these little ways. And, and that's life. That's so powerful, really, that that is an imitation of Christ, this life of sacrifice, this giving of ourselves, this pouring out onto the ground, which could be ours, but no, we give it to God, we give it to others. I have a priest friend who remembers being at football practice in sixth grade, what is it, sixth grade, was that 12 years old? And just uh, hot summer days, the season is about to begin, and Looking over, practice was almost over. He looked over the playground, and there he saw the car, the family car, his mother, waiting for him. A widow. Not 9-11. Six kids. Husband died young. Worked as a nurse. And there she was, waiting for this kid to finish football practice. Now a priest, and he remembers that. And something, I guess, so, so, I suppose the Holy Spirit, or, so he, that he, you know, kids can, how kids can be you know, sort of all over the place, even self-centered. No, it really struck him, wow. You know, my, my mom's a saint. I'm going to be like that. Let's allow our Lord to guide us along. And let's be there for the others. Let's give ourselves a life of sacrifice. That's, that's the way of, of a Christian. And that's the way to live June. Giving of ourselves, not, not forging our own you know, you know, plans, our own you know, needs. or People need to affirm me. or No, give ourselves. The Holy Spirit is with us. You know, we have the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit to love us. And God is, we have the body and blood of Christ. We have the sacred heart of Christ, the immaculate heart of Mary. We have saints like St. Jose Maria and St. Barnabas helping us along. Let's, let's try to follow in their, in their footprints. And is there is a word, heart prints? Let's follow the way of the heart and try to live a life of sacrifice an imitation of the one who sacrificed himself for us, our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.